Welcome to How to Hochschule, our audio guide about taking life and work at Rheinwall University of Applied Sciences, one of the most international universities in Germany. So grab a cup of hot ginger, put on your comfy headphones and join us as we explore the world of Hochschule Rheinwall. We came to Germany. Uh, there's a very famous video on how to reach Cleva from Düsseldorf. It's on YouTube, and I think every international students at some point of their life they watch it. I watched that video. Which train to take? This train, that day. I was like done. I did my research how to reach, and now a very important detail that I missed is like in Germany, Düsseldorf Flughafen and Düsseldorf HBF is different. So I got down on the plane and I'm like waiting in the five number platform where RE10 is supposed to come according to me. We are waiting. The train didn't come for one hour. I'm like, okay, maybe the trains are late. I come from India. Trains are late. No problem. It can be late two hours. I will still be there. Then some engineers came. The technicians came. They started taking out the track. So <laughs> I think we are in a bad situation now. And before coming to Germany, I had only this consultant who booked a house for me, and he said like, you just have to go there. They will take you in. I said, okay, then that's done. Then so we asked someone in the flughafen that where do we have to go, and then he said, "Oh, you have to take this train and then go to Cleva uh, like this." So somehow we reached Cleva, and I went to that house, and we said we talked to our, you talked to our consultant, and this is the house we are supposed to live in. We just came from India, and it's already like eight in the evening, and there was this uh, Vietnamese lady. She said, "Oh yes, uh, the main landlord has to come. This is Friday, and the main landlord would come on Monday, and then only you can uh, move in." And my world fell apart. I my phone is not working. It's night in Germany, and I have no place to go. Shashwatsing Chandel is an international student from India who studies industrial engineering at Hochschule Rheinwall. And I'm like this close to crying, very close to crying. I'm 19 year old man, never been in Europe, so I'm like, okay, what to do? And then I contacted one guy who I knew who studies in this university, who I met one time in Delhi, and he told me that he studies. So I just somehow got his contact, and I said, bro, I don't have any place to stay. Please let me stay here. And he said, bro, that's a problem because I stay with my girlfriend, so I can't let you sleep in my house. But like, I will try to find. So he came to us, and then we went to Gok. <laughs> Some reason we are roaming around in Gok. It's already 11 p.m., and we are roaming around trying to look for. He's calling few people. Like there are two guys. They had need a place, and they don't have any place to go. And I still haven't called my parents, so my parents are panicking because I forgot to call my parents and tell them that I'm in Germany right now. I don't know how I forgot, but it was like so much going in my brain. And then we found like there were five Indians living in one house, and the house landlord was also Indian. But the deal is that the landlord doesn't allow any people who are new to come to his house, right? So we, he, the landlord was landlord was living in the ground floor, and people live on the first floor, and then there was attic. So the guy said, "Okay, we will sneak you in. Just live on the topmost part, you know, it's in the attic, and then never make a sound. Don't <laughs> say anything. Just live quietly." So I said, "Okay, bro, I just need a place to sleep. I'm very tired. Eight hours of flight, four hours of this." I will go. I went in. They offered me some food, very nice Indian food. I'm having. Finally, I felt like okay, you know, something nice. And I'm like, okay, where's my bed? And he said, no bed, bro, on the floor. Since I come from military background, I had a sleeping bag. I pulled it out. I made a bed for myself, very comfortable, and I just slept on it. And the, before I called my parents and I told them like, and I told them that yeah, everything is fine because I don't want them to marry it. You know, I said yeah, everything is fine. I found my friends and I, nice place. And I slept. That day was too exhausting for me to even think about what the hell happened with me. And I started looking for the places because this guy, when he came on Monday, it's been three days I'm living there. And then the landlord came and he said no, like he cannot live here. I don't know what was the reason. And then I'm contacting my consultants, like where to look for house. He, they said we are looking, and it's been three, four days. I'm still having no house. I'm sleeping on the floor every day. And then it was like okay, I have to find a house. But then I was one day just sitting on my laptop looking for houses in Cleveland. The landlord walks up, and he says, "Who are you? You know, like that movie Parasite. Someone is living in his house and doesn't know any who. Who the hell are you?" And I just like I said, "Sir, I have like very sad story. <laughs> Where should I start from? <laughs> I have no place." And he said, "You got two days. Look for a place. We cannot allow this." I said, "Okay." And then I found a place in Emirish, that time, 
and that was basically the place which was also attic with no furniture at all nothing at all but i was like this is the place at least i move in i moved in for 190 euros per month cheap and i moved in there but that was very bad experience but somehow i got the house and that's when i realized this is a big problem not for just for me but for every international students who come here and then they got tricked by their consultant or some other way problem so what i started after first semester i started this thing i told my consultant every guy who comes to this university and he doesn't have a house just tell me and that is why i developed a network of houses and landlords and this and that so i started this parallel thing with me this i'm just helping them to come here because i don't want anyone to experience this and sometimes when i help them they give me gifts money anything i'm happy with that 100 euros okay fine but i find them houses and i still do it till this day i did it like this semester also when students came i helped them with houses and everything because this is something when you have a house then you can figure out everything else when you don't have a house you cannot do anything it's like a very homeless horrible feeling yeah it's like a basic need right yes. but why didn't you try to contact the welcome center for housing i see i didn't know anything especially when you go to the welcome center they don't have any plan like this i don't believe that they have a like you know they actually do <laughs> they actually do yeah they even have blacklist for houses you shouldn't call and then they can give you houses they'll help you find at basically what you doing you should work for the welcome center actually i uh, you, yeah have you ever spoke with them Yeah yeah of course but yeah. not for the house because I was very yeah, curious about it. You should definitely talk with them. They don't give you a contract for rent but they will help you out to say this and this opportunity you have to. But do students actually go to welcome center for this stuff? I think most students have the same problem as you they don't know that they can go there. So this is what the second thing is because most of the things like there may be services that are provided by welcome center or FSR but people don't know about it. That's the reason why we do this podcast actually. Uh, yes. Home is where the heart is. but also where the head rests. It's where you study, sleep, eat, relax and sometimes even party. It's where you make friends, memories and maybe even mistakes. But finding a home in a new country can be daunting, especially if you don't speak the language, know the culture or have a lot of money. That's why in this episode we're going to hear from three people who have been through the ups and downs of searching for a roof over their head in Germany. They will share their stories, tips and advice on how to find the right accommodation that suits your needs, budget and personality. Lesson number one. It's a bit tricky. Um, before you applied, how did the Welcome Center help you? So it was the place to go, especially like the visa stuff that you have three months when you get here to fix your visa and then they extend it for a year. So all those stuff, the welcome center is in charge of helping students. And as you're alone here, that's the only resource you have. You really appreciate their help. And so I went there a few times and they really explained me in detail what I have to do. First, open the bank account, go to the city to register. They went and helped me like with translating some documents that were like very German written, like I couldn't translate at all. And those kind of help, like they really help me arrange everything for me. So I was like, okay, I want to be that kind of person, like to help the new students and like to have as smooth as possible this situation. The first few weeks that are very rough. So I think that was like the reason why first I wanted to get the job. And it's a very nice environment. So it was very like to go job. And a lot of people applied. It was a very like fight job at the beginning. I don't know right now how is it going, but before it was like everybody applied to be a welcome center tutor. But you you know like the oldest one. Like yeah. The, <laughs> now the veteran. Old. Yeah. You could say it's time to retire. <laughs> Anna Maria Rivas Sandoval is a student from Cali, Colombia, who studies gender and diversity at Hochschule Rheinwald. Anna is also employed by the university's Welcome Center, where she supports students who struggle with various aspects of student life. Um, do you remember like the first time you started your job in the Welcome Center? What like the first task you had? Yeah, so we were still on campus in the small house, and I was with this girl, the girlfriend of my friend, and she was there for a while, so she knew everything was going on. And the Welcome Center has this thing that. It's a learning by doing. There's no book saying what you have to do or what you should do in this situation. So it's old tutors teaching the new tutors, and that's how information goes by. 
our boss told us at that time, just link with an old tutor and just learn what they're doing. So you're just sitting next to them and then people come and then you just read what they're telling them and just try to understand. And then she said, okay, the next person that come, you can say hi and just explain what whatever they need. And if you need help, I'm here. And that's how it was, like just throwing uh, new tutors under the water and just doing it. And it's very simple at the beginning. Students came for application forms for visa or to take a look at the advertisements for the accommodation that we have at the Welcome Center. There's few cases like really tough that, of course, not even all tutors are allowed to comment on it. Maybe we reach our boss and then she takes care of it. But yeah, that's how I think the first one would be accommodation or application form for the for the Ausländerbehörde. Yeah. These are like the most common questions. Yeah. Like visa and accommodation are our biggest job in the welcome center to fix this for students. Yeah. Just in general, for what kind of questions I, if I would be a student, I'm not, but if I would be, can I come to the Welcome Center? Okay, so our mainly offers that we have is accommodation. We do not fix totally the accommodation for students, like the university is not responsible. But we have come to agreement that if landlords in Cleve have an advertised they want to submit, we can print it and then put it on a folder. Now we have it on Excel digitally in our portal. And students come and check it out and they contact the landlords directly. Like we're the link, just not, we don't fix stuff for students. So we do that. We go with the students every Wednesday for the residence permit appointments. So we handle the application form. We help them to check which documents do they need. And we go there, translate their appointments because a lot of students don't speak German. And they're not allowed to speak German to students, English. We go there and that's like the help we do. Other reasons would be we do events, like this kind of cultural events to join students, to help like language tandem, let's say, people looking for a language to learn and they will give back their language. And this kind of events we do. And yeah, I think that would be our offers mainly in the welcome center um, a lot of people or students have a misconception about how the uni works because in different countries you apply for your field of studies you get accepted then you come there and everything is more or less made for you right you pay a lot of money of course as well but you get like housing they always start around september the emails of please find me an accommodation and we just have this template created Uh, the university is not responsible to find you a place. It's written everywhere. But again, we remind you, these are some sites that you can find. This is the Facebook group of the university where students just post their rooms. Wege gesucht, Freitrei, Scout, something like that. And we have this book, the Welcome Center, you can check out. We offer some help, but it's not our task to fill it up for you. Students get a bit demanding at the beginning just uh, for us to do the work for them but yeah it's understanding they come from a background where everything is done for them but I think it's the student's responsibility to understand the situation you're going through and Germany is very you do your own thing by yourself and kids do it here like when they're 15 16 they start doing things on their own That's the cultural shock. It can mess a little bit with students at the beginning. And it can mess with you all the way long if you refuse to adapt. With housing, it starts a bit tough. But at the end, if a student understands it's their thing, they start searching. And at the end, you always will find something, you know. Now the conditions and uh, the place and the rent price, that's another thing that can play a bit hard on students sometimes. In my experience of hearing these stories in the Welcome Center for four years, it's very common to have some students with bad decisions of moving in into a place where they're being, their money is being stolen. Landlords are being a bit messy with what they should 
give to the student as a tenant and they say, okay, I'm going to give you this and then they don't or the rent disappears and you have to pay double rent or it's too high the rent to be true. The place, the conditions are not so well. They're always going to be like a bit damaged, a bit abandoned, let's say, from the landlord, let's say. But at least it has to be decent to live in. Proper like hot water in the kitchen or a proper shower that there's no mold or whatever. You're going to get sick. Good isolation or whatever. So there's few details that yeah, are missing sometimes. But is there a way for students beforehand to don't fall in these kind of traps? There is. For sure. But I also understand the rush to find a place. And I think that's where the problem lays. I was reading an email before the podcast and there was a student a few years ago that rented a place. And then the place was under construction when they moved in. So there was like tools and everything over there, like recently painted like two hours ago. And There was random people coming in and out the house and it was a mess. So the student got really scared and contacted the university and the university texted this rental institution here in Cleveland that is very known by students. The name, not sure if I can tell it. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> But they're very known right now because they scam a lot of students. And it's a company. Yeah. Okay, I don't think we can say that. Companies uh, have lawyers. Yeah. <laughs> But okay, we just say it's a company. Yeah. And so the university texted, emailed them saying like, this is not proper. Like students should have a normal place to live in. Do you have any solutions? You look for this place for this person. Like you should have a responsibility. And the answer was, We specialize in getting a quick place for them to stay since they have a rush to find it. We're not specialized to find perfect, like perfect place for them. And I was like surprised by the email. And then they said, we will talk to the landlord and see how things can work out. I have no idea what happened after the email stops there. But it's like, I understand there's a rush and the student without an address you cannot do a bunch of things you have to do for the residence permit you don't have a residence permit you're kicked out of germany period like it's a thing so it's a rush but you cannot take advantage of that rush that students have that's what it's a really sad in this situation that it seems like because i'm talking just from the student side that There's a bit of advantage that landlords take sometimes from desperate students having this situation. And reading contracts in German, like contracts in German are very tough. And even proper Germans, they don't understand sometimes what it said there. If you don't know someone, like a German friend, then you have to go to this office in the welcome center and they will read it for you. But still, that person might miss something. And then You're stuck with a contract that, I don't know, it says you have to be there for a year, which is legal, let's say. Befristet, I think yeah. it's called. But they told you it was not a round one-year contract. And then the contract says it is. And then when you sign and then you want to leave and say, oh, but it's in the contract. You read it, you sign it. So it's a bit tricky sometimes, mm -hmm. the situation. And there's that dark side, let's say, of the accommodation situation. So when was the first time you heard about the blacklist? So I'm using, but it was not in my first year working at the Welcome Center. I knew there were stuff, like situations where my boss were talking with students when things got a bit messy with their lives, let's say. And accommodation is a hot topic, as I told you, for the student life. But I never knew there was a blacklist of landlords in Kiever. And I got to discover it, I think, yeah, after a year in the Welcome Center. Yeah, when I heard about the situation about a landlady that kept wanting to ask to post an advertisement for her. And there were a few students coming to her office to tell us, we went to this place that you are advertising and... Let me tell you, it's not a nice place. There's no roof. The landlady, like, she opened the no door. Roof. No roof. In in the room they were, she was renting, it was full of stuff. So it was like 
not at all equipped to someone to live there. It's actually like in the forest, a kind of area of the a bit high in the city, abandoned place. And she just, they said like she opened the door and then she closed the lock and locked it behind them. They were like, okay, we're going to die here. Yeah, it was a very messy place and of course not equipped for someone to live there at all. So when students come here and tell us we are advertisement, that kind of place, then we of course remove it because we're not helping any student to get any in a nice place. And then there's when things get to the point that landlords go to the blacklist because of course we're not gonna make students' life any complicated and we're not gonna help this landlord achieve true screw students by having these kind of places for them and other situations, let's say, that you can get into the blacklist. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the blacklist, yeah, maybe you can open it <laughs> and then we have to describe how it looks okay. like. Maybe you can give it a go since... Actually, it's not printed out. So it's not no, the... it's a digital format. So it's just, a, it's not like a big deal, let's say. It's just a document, Word document and a blacklist of landlords. The background and... is actually black, but I think it's more, <laughs> more connected to your cell phone. Name. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And we have a few names of landlords that we have collected during a few years at the Welcome Center before even covid and address we just have one of them which has the description of why it's in the blacklist and yeah there's few names there mostly german names i would i can't read them now but they're mostly german i would say one sounds a little bit dutch but yeah uh, and they're mostly from do you do you have different blacklists so does the welcome center in Kamp-Limford has a different than you have uh, no i think this is the only one okay. because then i would say the most offenders uh, are in kleve <laughs> yeah <laughs> because they're not actually there's only one from Kamp-Limford. yeah like i said I, i'm not allowed to disclose uh, except once you don't really know the background behind them exactly so it's not like a very shared information let's say on the tutor's side and because of course topics might get a bit yeah private and students won't want to disclose it and yeah we keep it for very few i think right now we have it open for all tutors but it didn't used to be that way it's not an open list it's i think also important to say right you can't look it up online just mainly for the students the tutors that work in the welcome center yeah but you you but you would tell students oh no don't go there you, he's on a blacklist would you say, phrase phrase it like that since we don't have any advertisement of these people i don't think we have people that come here and say hey i saw this place what do you think we don't get that kind of questions so if we don't see it in our advertisement excel sheet there's no way that they contact us Only when we see it, an email from them sending the advertisement, we just say we're not able to publish this advertisement since there's a blacklist and we're not able to submit your request, period. Yeah, we don't know. There, It's just names, so it's <laughs> yes. more mysterious than it actually is. But we also don't know the offenses. But if you're on a list, you should have done something to not just one student, but yeah. more people have to come forward and say, please go, don't go there, right? Like the, the no roof story you just told me. I think the university wouldn't take the risk out of nowhere to put you on a blacklist because at the end is the university taking this decision. Of course, it's my boss, but she probably consults her boss as well. And then it's a, in a higher level, the situation. So if the university decides you're no longer a good match for being the landlord of students in Kleve, then, yeah, it should have been a big deal, probably. I wouldn't say you're you're not the official way to get a room, right? But yeah. you can help, help, yeah. just help, not do it for them, but help along the way to find a room. Yeah. So, I mean, the official way is just you doing it on yourself and we're just This is like maybe the proper way because we're like a filter now. So we help students not to get in these situations. Now that their blacklist exists, we have a certain filter. Again, it's not like the proper filter because 
we don't have all the database of the landlords and what they did and whatever. But at least we saved you from, I don't know, two, four, six, somehow ten, nine situations that you can skip. These people probably have their advertising in Wegesucht. You cannot control that. So it's tricky, the situation. Yeah. I mean, there's a possibility to go to a student housing. Yes. But it's limited, right? Very limited situation because there's a waiting list that can take up to six months. Yes. So having a dorm at the university is a challenge. Like we have in Clever, we have three kind of dorms here, which are really next to the university, like in both sides. And still there's a lot of demand for them. Because, of course, you save these situations. It's just a contract. Dorms are very good structure. And if there's a problem, someone comes, fix it, and you don't have to pay anything. And it's very cheap as well. So it's very convenient to live there. But to get a dorm is really tough, let's say. But a lot of students do prefer it. I guess the most people coming here, they, they won't have a room in dorm, right? They will have to go to the free market. Exactly. They always like say, how can I apply? And then we say, okay, this is the way you apply for a dorm. But there's a waiting list. The waiting list lasts from three to six months. Meanwhile, we advise you to find a private place. So these are the, our recommendations. They always come to find a private place, like a... Big E, let's say. Mm. And then they get accepted to the dorms and then they move to the dorms. Right. That's the story that most of students have. And I think maybe one or two got lucky and they got the dorm right away. But I think that's very not regular thing to happen. And the dorm situation is something that is not managed by the university or the Welcome Center, by Studienberg, something. Yeah, it's treating with them, not with us. So we know very few about their policies and whatever they have yeah. with the dorms. It's tricky, the housing it's, situation. Yeah. Lesson number two, one, is better than zero. What was it like your first experience you had when you came here to Kleve? Yeah, so before I get to Hochschulanweil, I start looking for an apartment six months before. I think among, among the first people to apply, I was very focused, very active. Like every email I got, I answered immediately. I didn't wait the next day. So I actually got my acceptance earlier. Like in one of the first days where they accept people, like really I got it earlier. And then I was like, okay, why am I waiting? I look for an apartment. Ibrahim Bakir is a student from Uganda who studies international taxation and law at Hochschule Rheinwald. Ibrahim is also a student assistant who supports both his own study program as well as international business and management. So I go to eBay, I look for uh, uh, houses which have, uh, you can visit them. I contact the people and then you can visit them. So I started looking from Emmerich, Rice, Hayden, and around the around places, Cleve. I started visiting these houses almost every week. I'll visit one, I'll make one termine, one appointment, and then I visit one by one. And by that time, I also, before I started school, I was working. So I had good income. I had the money to pay that for apartments. I was okay. So the problem came. I could not get an apartment. For whatever reason, I can't tell you why. That's the honest reason. Because you'd come visit the apartment. They show you around. And then they're like, oh, we shall contact you. You never hear from them. Never. Like, Literally never. Did you try to reach out to them afterwards? Usually they give you like a sheet which has a meter auskuft. You have to fill it. And all your income, where you work, everything, you put what they call um, loan abrechnung for the last three months on top of that. I didn't have so much expenditures and uh, I was really okay. Mm. They never gave me an apartment. Never. Really, like I asked, there's a woman I asked, she told me we had someone who earned 3,000, so we gave a I'm like, okay. But all these months, like I told every week I visited in Rise, I even went where the horses were. There's like a farm and they had like horses and they still didn't give me an apartment. I struggled. And all the months ended without me getting an apartment, not even one. They never called me. When I called back, they told me they gave it to someone better. And I felt like 
had all the requirements. And also some of them asked for what they call a Shufa house school. Can you explain what it is, Shufa? So Shufa is, um, is a private institution in Germany. It basically covers information that has to do with your finances. It's not affiliated with the government, but most of the time, if they want to see how credit worth are you in Germany, they want to see which percentage you have. You understand? So I had like 89%. I think it's good. Okay, I didn't have by that time a credit. I avoided getting a credit because I don't want to be in any debit. I always wanted to use my finances. And when I work more to get more finances, I'm going to use this money. But I always wanted to use my own money. And I didn't know in German a good credit takes you somewhere. I learned from that. If you have good credit, you're paying your money. They take you as a serious person. That's when I learned that. But I didn't know. So... My shoe found scooped is uh, 89%. I feel so happy. I give it to all they asked me. Still, it didn't help. It didn't really help. They would look at it and be like, yeah, but usually there's like a bevertung somewhere for, for each uh, type. They ask how much is he willing to give back? How much is he trustworthy? They give you also a small kind of like percentage. And because I didn't have a credit, it was 0%. Mm. <laughs> so everyone would be like, this one... I don't think we can trust him. Yeah, that's crazy. But then I was like, but after that, I actually got a credit. <laughs> now I have a credit. <laughs> I have a credit. It's going very well. I make sure I pay my credit every month. And because I do tax and law, I know how important it is to actually get your credit. You get a, you can get a good phone deal. You can get a good house with this. You can get a loan. I didn't know all, I didn't know all that, but now I can get all those things, but I don't need them. I don't want to get trouble with any bank or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it didn't really work. Until we started university, I didn't have an apartment. So what I do, like I keep on the Asta page on Facebook, they usually post houses. Did you went to the Welcome Center as well or just to the Asta? No. Did you know about the Welcome Center? Yeah, I knew about the Welcome Center. But afterwards or beforehand? Afterwards probably. No, before, because they sent me a list of Excel sheet of all uh, landlords Mm -hmm. you can contact. There was a red list and a green list. And, uh, of course, I focused on the green list because I figured the red list meant something. But they usually, like, the red list, are, these are the landlords that you're not supposed to contact because they won't give you the right treatment. But I know this explanation after, not before. So, me, I only contact the green ones, but the green ones, most of them, I didn't want a VG. I wanted a private kind of, like, apartment, small apartment, my own privacy and stuff like that. I never lived in a VG. And I'm a very clean guy. <laughs> I don't want to live with people and then I have to do all the work clean for them. I don't want to be a daddy. I don't want to have fights. I'm not this guy who's going to pick a fight on small things. And when I live in a VG from experience with my friends, you find puns on front of the door. You have to jump and then you find bottles of beer in, in the toilet. Like, I don't want that chaos. I can't live with it. And uh, that tells me why I stay alone. Because I want to keep my things where I left them. Because I restricted myself, most of the VGs, I couldn't get them in this uh, list they gave me because they were VGs. But I go one here in Oberstadt. The woman was so nice and the guy was one, was very nice. And the guy who lived there was from the States. And the guy, oh, you, oh, you don't, you speak also German. Oh, I find it cool. I've been here for three years, bro. I can't do it in German. I'm like, I just watch YouTube videos and I buy Amazon books and then I learn by myself. I was like, yeah, it's hard for me. And that's how we got the conversation. And as you can take my apartment, it was a really nice apartment, studio apartment. Guess what? It was 550 a month for a new tenant before he used to pay 450. So that means the landlord Increase a hundred in it. I'm like, mm, my budget is 400. <laughs> I can't afford this. But the landlord, like, yeah, you can move in anytime you want. Jordan is moving out soon. You just move in. I'm like, but it's 550. And he told me he has been paying for me. Like, yeah, we're increasing for new tenants because we're just going to uh, refurbish a little bit and then it's going to look more nice. I'm like, okay, so I keep up with this guy. I'm like, if I don't get that's my only plan, I can just stay there for like six months. Then I move out. I look for something cheap if I get to knock Cleaver very well. It didn't work out like the guy didn't want to move out. <laughs> because he said he failed some exams, so he had to stay. He doesn't want to lose the, his apartment. I reach at the end when I don't have any apartment. 
So still on the Asta page, I told you, there was one guy from Mozambique. He posts a very small apartment, street apartment, very nice, cool place. I'm like, this is for me. I call him. That's when, like, I think the semester started. I missed, like, two weeks or something like that. I didn't attend Freshers Week. I didn't have an apartment. I've been looking for now, I think, seven months. All that long, I didn't get nothing after the energy I put. Nothing. And the guy's like, yeah, you can move in here. I'm moving out. I'm going to do my thesis in Cologne. And I don't want to come back and leave. It's, uh, it's a dead city. Yeah, but he didn't use the word dead. He used a really, really vulgar word. I don't want to use it here. Mm. So I'm like, yeah, cool. When should I move in? I leave everything here. You move in when you want. I don't need anything here. I'm like, for real? It's like, my cups, anything. You just take. You don't pay. It's free of charge, bro. Just take everything. I'm like, I'm moving now. Like, we need to call the landlord. He's in Gok. He stays in Gok. We tell him, I've got a new knock meter. And then we're cool. You speak some German. Like, yeah, I speak some German. Yeah, but he only speaks German. He doesn't speak English, I have to tell you. I call the landlord. And that day is like, oh, I'm in Gok. Can you come? I don't even know where the bus to go. I call the train to go. Guys, <laughs> like, you just go to the same train. It's like a few minute, minutes away and then you get there. That's what I did. And then... I reached the landlord. He's like, yeah, you work? Yes. I show him my loan abrasion. He's like, you failed to get a house on this money in Cleveland? He's like, how? <laughs> and I tell him, my he's like, that is impossible to believe. I'm like, yeah. He's like, you can pay my rent for the next. And I had saved money actually for specifically for rent. I had caution already. I had, I had money ready. He's like, yeah, move in when you want. When the other guy goes out, you just move in. I moved in the next day. That was so easy. I was so happy, like, carrying my whole package of bags just to come to Cleveland. So happy in this small house. I was like, at least I have a place. So that's how I started. I cleaned it a little bit the next day and it was set for my own view, my own perspective. And until now, I still stay there. Why do you think it took so long? I think the people underestimated me. The people didn't see value in me. They didn't feel like they could trust me. They had this, whenever, when I spoke German on the phone, I sounded really like I can speak German. Actually, when they saw me in real life, there was like a little move of inch, like, you are the one, you Mr. Bagheera? I'm like, yeah, I'm here, Bagheera. Okay, you speak quite good German on the phone. Thank you very much. I didn't know what that meant. That actually meant like, We thought it was someone maybe. Maybe someone uh, else, you know. Who think racism was, was a part of it. Something like that. Typically, it was something like that. Mm. Every time they saw my face, this dark guy tall entering into a building, like, it was really crazy because these houses are not the best. This one which was really in a bad condition, I was ready to take it. I was really ready to take it because the person who stayed there was a junkie. Everywhere, this bottle's broken. I was like, I'm going to renovate it myself. I'll paint it. I'm ready. The woman was like, look at me and like, are you sure you want to do this? I'm like, yes, I need this house. It looks perfect for me. But she gave it to someone else regardless. Mm. <laughs> and I'm like, I work. I contribute taxes. Like, I'm going to pay your money. And I had a job by Bofost. Mm. I don't know whether they know Bofost. I know. <clears throat> they pay quite well. Some people might know, don't know it when they're from outside of Germany. It's uh, maybe you can explain. Yeah, Bofos is like an international company that has stores frozen food. So this frozen food is basically very tasty, and they usually deliver it to people who can order on online on their website. But I have to tell you, Bofos is also in Belgium, France, Netherlands. It's like over Europa. So they have these Lieferung services. You order, they bring you the food. And I work there as a bylander. Mm -hmm. Just pack the food in the cars and wake up early. They pay really well. And the people are so cool. Not only Germans work there, but we have Polish, we have Afghanistan, we have Moroccans, we have our boss is also not like from German. Okay, I stayed here for long, but he's also like from Zakastan or something. Like there's so much diversity. And that's me how I feel at home. When I see people from different countries, I'm like, I'm home. Where I used to stay, I used to be the only black guy on the street. When I walk, even people who are driving, they stop driving their cars and look at me. Like, literally change from looking to where they're going. They ask me, they give you this face, who are you? And you're like lost or something. I had to leave that my whole year. Until I found like a fine basketball fine. 
that's why I felt blessed because we had Russians, we had Lebanese, we had, and I was okay. I was the only black guy there from Africa, but I felt also home because I saw these guys from other countries and they were telling me their stories. They've also just been here for five, three years. I was like, okay, but he lived like in a street where like the whole street number one to one hundred is the only black guy. You can't even do a walk in the evening because. Even the dogs want to attack you. <laughs> Even the kids, when they see you, they run away from you. Like, you look like a clown to them. Even kids still run away when they see me. Really? Even here in Cleve. Wow. Like, when they see me, they usually hide in their daddy or mommy's mm. back. I don't know how Strange. I look, but uh, it's something I've lived in Germany for some time. It's not my thing for me. I can't change it. Like No, of course. How? I mean, Even though when I go in Neto in supermarket, I love kids. I really love kids. I love children. But I, when kids see me and run away, it hurts me a little bit. Like, mm. I don't do anything wrong. They just, even when they're up them spiel plots, you pass with a the bike, they see you, they even stop. Like, it's like they've seen <laughs> a ghost or something like that. If you go like in the event, like in the forest to run, I usually do jogging to until bed book how. And when they find a couple also walking, they stop even walking and look at me. <laughs> Here we have an international university that should be normal, mm. but it still happens in Cleveland. And of course, it's not like a very nice topic to talk about, yeah, yeah, about racism or, or bad experience in general. But we should because it's very important to sensitize our community. I don't do drugs. I don't sell drugs. As long as you, you don't see me doing that, you should not judge me. Try to know my character as a person. Never know I can teach you things you don't know. Mm. I know quite so many things that people don't know here. Trust me. Mm. But people don't see that I'm actually a, a person who has that value. They see me actually on the black side or the wrong side. Yeah. So I think it's more like we, we can, like the way we can say like not all white people are racist. That means not all black people are bad. It should be the same. Mm. Get to know someone, know their character. Find out if they fit in your circle. If they don't fit, push them away. It's not verpflichtet. It's yeah. not mandatory. But uh, you to judge me on sport, and I don't know what these parents teach their kids back home. I don't know. It's a good, good question. I actually yeah. have no idea. I think like where we're going right now, as a people, we're all fighting the same kind of problems. Climate change, fire burns. We're all fighting the same problems. We should put small inconveniences. You see, these racism problems are not society problems. They're actually generational problems. Like our parents pass it to our parents because they keep telling the same kind of stories. You know, mm -hmm. we need to, to stop this generational curse. We have better way things to think about. We have to think about more other things which are very important. Yes, it happens that sometimes you can't stop everyone from the way they think. But I know one thing when a war starts right now, everyone will be running for their own life. We need to come as collectively really put these things behind us. They don't really add value. What does it give you if you hate on someone? Nothing. It only grows your ego and makes you even limited in only one circle. If you hate black people, you never talk to black people. You never learn anything new. You're limiting your knowledge, yourself. You're putting yourself in a prison. I have so many friends. In a very short time I've been in Clive. I have two posts in the university. Now I have established myself so freely because I'm flexible. I see everyone in their own perspective. I don't judge and then I don't come and hit you and I just, of course, I don't say like everything I like it, but I reserve the negativity. It adds no value, really. Me, I've really had bad experiences, honestly. Very bad, very bad. But you know what I've done? I never went to a police or anything or I smile and move on. I just like blow it the wind, like the wind is blowing off my ear. I just don't put it in my mind because I know you're just ignorant. You just don't know enough. You need to learn yourself. You need to go and make some research. You need to teach yourself. And I usually don't blame them because they didn't choose to be like that. Mm. It's actually the fault of the generation before them. They would have been better people. But it's the system that created that. And if the system is not putting really strong ideas to stop this, they're going to be in their comfort zone. Everyone wants to be in their comfort zone. Don't you? 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Think about it. Me, I actually don't blame anyone who treats me different. No. I just hope one day they can see the light. And if they don't see the light, that's still fine. No one is perfect. I know there's good in them and they do it. And they don't have to show it to me. But I just pray they don't pass it to the next generation. I can't stop it. No, no, that's that's the sad part about yeah, it. Yeah, right? but uh, I've, as my person like me... But you can change it a little bit, right? How you, At least you try to change it with yeah, like, how you behave yourself. Of course, like as per now as I'm talking... I'm sure you've got some kind of insight. You see how bad it is. And then for your case, if you talk to any black person or anyone who looks like me, you don't see them like other people. That's good for us because then at least we have one who doesn't look like us, who understands us. One is better than zero. Lesson number three. Being clueless is a fun thing. A lot of students who come here to start their bachelor or master, they don't know how it is to live and study here in Germany. It's not, for example, in other countries where you have a tuition fee and you get housing. You have to organize yourself, right? In Germany, I think that the, all the experiences, you have to survive one semester somehow here and there. And then you will know, okay, this is Germany. This is not what you imagine. <laughs> what did you imagine when you... You know, I thought it would be like, I would be the Indian guy in the group of international students, like a good life, you know, we are living, chilling, <laughs> I will be that guy. It was not like that. When I came to Germany, I thought everyone, international students hanging out with each other. But when you come to Hochschule Rheinwald, still sometimes uh, Indians are hanging out with Indians, other nationalities hanging out with their own people. And it's all exclusive groups hanging out separately. It's not what I imagined. It's not like when you obviously meet them in the classes and you go to parties and you meet them. But at the end, you're still with your own people. And that was me for the first year in Germany. I was always with Indians. I didn't have any international friends at that time until I moved. Uh, and then there were like more people. And then I was then I decided I don't want to be that guy who comes to Germany, studies here, hangs out with Indians and then goes back and doesn't get to know more people. So I stopped hanging out. I started hanging out with more international people. It was very weird, again, to make friends with them because how to start, I don't know what to talk to them. Which is a very good thing. I came to Germany and I got to know about people. And then there's more to world than this. And I never regret it. Because otherwise I would be, in India we say, that means the frog that lives in the well. He doesn't know the world outside. He's always in the well. But there is a world outside. And it's like coming out of that. And now I know more. I I cannot go back to that now. What would be like regarding finding a, a home here in, in Cleveland? What would be your advice for people coming now? My advice would be, okay, now that you have told me that there's Welcome Center helping, so that would be my advice. Go to them. Otherwise, FSR has buddy programs. Join that. You will meet people. And that makes it so much easier because these people who are in the FSR, they know already houses and everything. So contact them. And, uh, you know, because not everyone knows every people in Germany. So yeah, contact them and they will definitely help you out with this. They have a whole department doing this. There are like 20 people. And you will find something before coming to Germany. You start doing that. Housing is the most important thing before coming to Germany. Just fix that and then only come to Germany. Don't come to Germany otherwise without a house because then it's going to be a horror story. There are so many bad experiences with people getting into wrong houses. Like better when you ask how is the house, who are the people living there and this and that because I've had people who have really bad experiences living in Cleaver. They got into weird housemates and they were doing all kinds of weird stuff and then they got also kicked out in the middle of night. This has happened to my friends. So do the housing with the help of people who are you can trust here. You know, the FSR, the Welcome Center, avoid the bad houses. And once you fix that, and then you start thinking about coming to Germany. You can be 10 days, 15 days late, no problem. But fix the house thing first. That is one of the worst experiences that I have. Apart from that, once you get the house, it's all good. You can fix any other thing. But housing is one thing that you have to fix it first before coming to Germany. And you didn't really know that beforehand, right? No, no, that exactly. I didn't know that. I thought it would be like you would find it because I have no experience in searching for house. So I didn't know how hard it was. And especially in Germany, how would I know? Yes, like now when you apply for it, like I think you should tell people in beforehand that this is a thing. You have to look for your house on your own or maybe apply for doms. So if you get a dorm, I lived in the Greenestrasse dorms and that was like the best thing to do because as a student, if you're living in the dorm, There are so many benefits that come with it. You have a study room there, your party hall there, and no one to disturb you. It's a very safe place to live. And no one will scam you. STW won't scam you like other landlords would, you know. Of course, you can do take actions against them as a student, how much time and money you have to do deal with that. So I think the safest place is to go for doms if you can find it. Otherwise, we're gay, but I think best place is to go for doms. And there are more doms now 
in Cleaver. When I came, there was only Greenestrasse and then two buildings of Flustrasse. And now there are four buildings of Flustrasse. Greenestrasse is still the same. When you found a home, right? How it is to live in Germany? I think you probably... Yes. <laughs> I had so much fight with my other flatmate because of this. Because again, I was like not getting it. I was like cleaning, cooking and then like some things fell on the floor and I had no experience of cleaning. But later on, I realized, okay, you have to do this. This is the stuff that you have to do. But this is something that you learn by time. I think because as a new student, you have never seen this student. You cannot just like within a, within a week, you can just be adopting to the system because this is also very foreign concept to you. And a cultural shock. <laughs> oh, you take care of your garbage. And you have to throw it and this and that. But yes, this is something you learn with time. This is something that you have to... And I think no one has at some point after six months, seven months. Like most people live in the first semester or when they cannot adopt with it and they cannot make friends and then it's too much for them and homesickness. Or the people live in, live, leave Germany in the fourth year when they fail something. There are two points. No one leaves in the middle because at the middle, you're already comfortable with all these things. These are just coming naturally to you. And now you, are, when you go back to India, you won't be able to just, they're not segregating. Now you don't belong to India anymore or your home country. You are now here after one year, two years. I think it comes naturally. It's not, no, no training required for it. It's just like when you live, you, this is how you live now. Do you Maybe. think you're going to miss the student life? Yes. Yes. I already do because uh, now everyone is doing thesis. Someone is working. No, my, none of my friends is here. They are like someone is in Heidelberg. Someone is in Netherlands. So it's student life is over for me now. Now it's all just doing thesis, applying for jobs, and this and that. The fun of it was that we were all naive and stupid. That's the thing. This stories you can only do when you're very stupid enough. You're stupid enough to do certain things, and that's now it's memory. But now, you know, you won't have that stupidity or naiveness that you had that time to enjoy that much <laughs> what you had. Now, being clueless is a fun thing. Thank you for listening to the How to Hochschule podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show and feel free to follow us and recommend us to your friends. If you have any thoughts or suggestions, or just want to let us know how you liked the episode, please don't hesitate, take courage, and do reach out to us at podcasthsrw.eu. We are always looking for ways to improve, and we appreciate your feedback. Also, be sure to check out our show notes for links and more information on today's topics and guests. Next time on the How to Hochschule podcast. This is the first time you, you went as a team here, right? Yeah, it's the first time. How do you know, know each other? I'm um, drinking and drink. partying. <laughs> Tune in next time as we discuss how to find friends at the most international university in Germany. Thank you very much for joining us today. I'm Stefan Hanf. This is the How to Hochschule podcast. We are looking forward to having you back next time. Tschüss.